0: The Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here, author of the Cannabis Business Book. And you're listening to the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, where I chat with and coach the highest performing entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry. Hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, hi, Mike Z is, the Cannabis Business Coach. Hi, Mike Z here. And on today's episode of the Cannabis Business Coach Podcast, I'm joined by Liz Wald, who is the chief of digital and strategy and all things in those realms related to good earth organics, which I'm excited to share with the audience. I think it's a really exciting opportunity. And Liz, if you wouldn't mind, would you tell the folks a little more about your background and how you got into cannabis because you, your story into it is is I think one that folks could learn a lot from.
1: Thanks so much Mike. It's uh, super to be here. Fun to be on your show and sure, you know, my whole career really came out of the tech startup world and you know, I joke that I was uh, working with the folks at AOL when you've got mail was a thing and we used to get uh, CD-ROMs inside big fat magazines and now you know the world has has completely changed since then and you know what i what i loved about that industry and what i love about this one is it was very much emerging at the time and you know technology the internet in the you know mid 90s was just getting used in a commercial way the cannabis industry now today is something that similar to back then you know cannabis has been around for millennia Right, And and there's always been some level of business, but as a legal um, commercial opportunity in the US, this was really emerging over the last several years. And here on the East Coast, I'm sitting in, in New York, um, it's really just erupting on the scene from a legal standpoint in the last you know, couple of years. And with the passing uh, most recently back in, in April, um, of adult use legalization in New York, where it's really set to explode. So I'm having a little PTSD of the early days of tech, you know, like, oh my gosh, everything's coming and it's gonna be so disruptive. And but that's really also what I love about it. So that's that's how I started focusing on it and, and kind of jumping in.
0: Awesome. And I wanna just add to that, you mentioned AOL, but it doesn't end there for you in the tech world. You've been a, a part of growing. Some really big businesses that probably anyone listening would know, and so can you speak a little about that experience and and then making that move from from tech to to sure. cannabis?
1: Sure. So you know the companies that people probably have heard of. The biggest one is probably Etsy, um, and I had the good fortune of joining Etsy when it was about fifty or so people. And, you know, doing less than $100 million in the top line gross merchandise value, and now I think it's $3 billion. So it was an amazing time to join a company like that and help them think through their growth as a company, as a brand, as a platform. Um, and my uh, mandate was really to think about our international business. And, you know, it, with the Internet, everything is international almost overnight, right? Because you see the traffic coming from all over the place. And... Um, and I had uh, personally just spent some time, um, I'd started a company myself working with women in 15 different countries in Africa and bringing products that they made to the US to resell in this fair trade, you know, do good, do well combination, double bottom line, probably about 15 years too early of the, uh, of the whole fair trade thing, but amazing experience. And then I found Etsy and I was like, oh, this is kind of a, the makers of the US and, and the makers in a, in a global platform. And so was able to do that. And then after Etsy, I, I had the good fortune of getting into to crowdfunding right when that was coming up. Um, and Indiegogo and Kickstarter were the first two big platforms in the space. And um, Indiegogo actually started just before Kickstarter. Uh, and again, I was involved in trying to build our international business so seeing these new technologies and new platforms and new ways of people interacting um, has always been a little bit in my DNA, uh, and uh, and and so you know the jump to cannabis made a lot of sense because we're seeing just across the board. I mean, technology just disrupted many things, but cannabis is everything from pharmaceutical to CPG to retail to you know it's going to be bars, the consumption lounge model. Um, to entertainment, to, you know, you name it, it touches it. And so it's another one of these amazing disruptive um, industries and, and fun to be in at the emerging stage.
0: Amazing. And I want to emphasize for the folks who are listening that might be keeping score, it sounds like Liz has had a lot of good fortunes in, in joining, you know, the right opportunity at the right time and helping to bring that To into a bigger business. And so I'm going to shift gears into Good Earth Organics because I think this is potentially a few years from now, we're going to be saying, you know, you have the good fortune of getting involved there. And so I I want to hear about that story and and a little more about the company.
1: First, let me kind of level set for people who haven't heard of Good Earth Organics. Um, We make certified organic soil fertilizers, amendments, things that you put into a plant um, from a growing perspective. And we do that really tailored to the cannabis industry. So Good Earth Organics was founded in 2008 by a retired chemist who had moved to Southern Oregon. Um, and Southern Oregon in Northern California is this area known as the Emerald Triangle. Um, for its amazing ability to grow fabulous cannabis, sort of like Napa Valley is a great area to, you know, grow grapes for for wine. And so Good Earth Organics was born out of this local desire to have really clean, toxin-free cannabis that also, for people who could see, um, you know, this plant behind me that is just unbelievable cannabis plant with beautiful trichomes and Mesmerizing. everything on it is grown in our soil. The idea is that, you know, better soil, better plants. And, um, you know, cannabis is something that you ingest, right? You you eat it, you smoke it, you in, in more forms the, these days, you know, drinking it, all kinds of things. So, you know, if you're going to put that in your body, you want it to be clean and toxin free and all of that. So, you know, I, I had started looking at the cannabis industry really in the beginning of 2019 um, and go by going to a couple of conferences and understanding what was happening in the industry. And, you know, I really liked these companies that are what we call ancillary businesses. So, you know, as much as, you know, there's plant touching businesses, which are, dispensaries and cultivators and manufacturers who actually work with the cannabis plant. And then there's companies that support the industry around it. There's technology companies, there are branding companies, but you know, we're an actual consumable input. You know, you grow, you most people grow their plants in some form of a soil. And so this just seemed like an amazing opportunity to get into the industry Through a completely legal company, you know, in terms of state by state by state, we can sell our soil everywhere, but it's really optimized for the cannabis grower. And, you know, uh, anyone who looks at getting into the cannabis industry will find quickly that it's unlike any other beast out there from regulations and, you know, just kinds of banking and all these things, these hurdles. And so this was a really fun way to get in the industry with some of those hurdles, but not all of the ones of a plant touching company.
0: Amazing. And so I I have to do my quick plug for the cannabis business book, which is on Amazon. And I have a whole chapter about how this industry is unlike any other industry. And you need to be aware of that if you want to be an entrepreneur or an investor or an employee in this industry but enough about me. So Liz, I want to ask you about the fundraising process, because you you mentioned you had that fortunate experience at Indiegogo. And I happen to know that uh, crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding was a part of the strategy and go to market for Good Earth Organic. So I'd love to hear a little more about that process. And, you know, is, is that something that you would recommend for cannabis businesses or ancillary businesses specifically and what that was like for you.
1: Yeah, sure. So you're right. I, I had kind of cut my teeth at Indiegogo and in crowdfunding and there are two basic kinds of crowdfunding. There's the reward based crowdfunding where you provide pretty much upfront capital to an entrepreneur who's coming up with maybe a great new headset or something like that. And that you, you, eventually get that product at a much reduced price to what the price might be. And that's rewards-based. And then, of course, we're all familiar with the sort of GoFundMe model of, you know, a tragedy has happened or somebody has a great opportunity and they're trying to raise money from friends and strangers to to do something. So equity crowdfunding was finally um, made a possibility um, through sort of changes in the law in the way that you could present a public offering to people. You didn't used to be able to do that under the security laws that were written, you know, back in the 30s. Um, So when equity crowdfunding came along, it was a way to open the door to smaller investors to invest in companies that normally they would have never had a chance to do, um, either because the amount you would have to put in was way too high for people, or they didn't have the requisite uh, amount of capital in the bank that the rules required for you to invest in these sorts of opportunities. So when equity crowdfunding was able to change those laws, um, it, was, uh, it was a big move and many companies thought, okay, this is gonna be a great way to go raise money. Having come from learning a lot of learnings in the rewards base, you know, I, I knew going into this that it's, it's a lot of work. And at the end of the day, it is a giant marketing campaign. Right. You you don't just put something up there and people like randomly find it and it's it's an amazing thing and they just give you money It like never works that way. Um, And so I knew what we were going to be facing, but I also thought that the story of being able to invest in the cannabis industry today before all the institutional money comes in and before everybody, you know, is already like seen a lot of the early gains captured uh, would be attractive to people. And the fact that our particular offering, you do not need to be an accredited investor. You can just be a regular individual and our minimum investment amount was $1,000. So, you know, it's not for everyone but you didn't have to write a $200,000 check, you know, and make a bet on a company. So I felt that, you know, in general, this would be a strong offering for people because it was, you know, at the end of the day, we sell soil. It's, it's like everyone gets it, what soil is, right? And, you know, we're optimized for cannabis and we're selling into the cannabis market, but you can use our soil to grow your tomatoes also, right? And so it was something that people could understand and um, and be a part of. And I think I knew coming in that if we're going to go after people for $1,000 at a time, we were going to need to do this for several months and have a really great campaign to get the word out and great messaging and all of that. And this wasn't going to be a quick hit overnight thing. And I think for anyone thinking about doing crowdfunding, you've got to be really aware that it is a... X number of month marketing campaign that you have to pay attention to every single day and be, be committed to it for it to work. You also really have to have something compelling. Um, Either the product is incredible or the timing for the, for the entry is amazing, or, you know, you've got to have a hook that is going to get people excited uh, because there's a lot of places people can put their money and, um, you know, you've got to have something. And I felt like cannabis, super interesting, fully legal in 50 states. You know, we talk about picks and shovels and, you know, Levi's was born out of the gold rush, right? And and, um, and the fact that soil is something you buy over and over and over and over, you know, if you've got a a growth doing three turns, you're buying soil three times, Um, you know, you might, you know, you buy your grow lights once, right? You might upgrade them every few years, but it's a consumable. So I also thought that was a story that would resonate with people. And, um, you know, so far so good. We've raised about a million and a half dollars and we've got, you know, over 700 investors. And, you know, we are pushing here for another couple of few weeks. We don't have an exact end date yet, but pushing hard to uh, bring some, some more capital in.
0: Wow, fantastic! That that was awesome. Thank you for all that. Um, how about this one? What about what? What are you most excited about right now in in the cannabis world or in the cannabis industry?
1: Well, you know, I think it's literally. I opened my email yesterday, and I get a you know a like a daily rundown of the industry, and it's like Alabama's going to do medical marijuana. I mean. Every day, you're just like, "What's going to happen today?" You know, it, it, you just never know. I mean, and and lately, you know, knock wood, um, the news has been good. It's been a snowball in the right direction, right? We had what six states in the 2020 election, and since then, we've had Virginia, New Mexico, uh, New York, all go adult use. Now we've got states like Alabama, and you know. Just, Coming in for medical, and it's just amazing. Like I'm excited because the momentum really seems to be moving in the right direction, um, and it also is an industry that's creating a huge number of jobs for people of all different skill sets and education levels and interests. Right, so you know companies like ours are are hiring. Um, as we, you know, we're building a national brand. Like, so, you know, we're hiring people that have industry knowledge around agriculture, but we're also looking at bringing people in um, to help us build, just build this company, right? So that's amazing. And then there's all these people who are doing things in pharmaceuticals, and they're doing things in, or medical, not really pharma, but like medical uses of people who may come from a drug manufacturing background, going into cannabis, that kind of thing. Um, so it's just to be amazing how much the industry is touching or how many areas the industry is touching. And you should never know each day what you're going to open and what law might get passed or, you know, maybe safe banking will come over the line or something. So it's just an exciting time in general. And in New York, where we're, you know, there's a lot going to be happening here in New York. So it's really fun to be in a, in a new market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's almost been overwhelming how much good news there's been for the industry this year. And it's it's hard to keep up with it all, you know. But I, I agree with you. I think, you know, in addition to all the states we saw adopt new policy, you know, they're not up and running yet, like in New York, but when that happens, that's gonna be a huge shift, I believe. And then you know, we got states like Pennsylvania and Connecticut around the corner that are working on it. And, and, you know, even in the South, it's, it's moving, it's starting to move. So I think it it's really mind blowing to even consider where we might be a couple of years from now. Um, yeah. it's certainly exciting and times.
1: The, and the other thing I think is really great about the cannabis industry and is, you know, two things. One is, there's there's a real helping people concept in this industry, right? I mean, the plant has all these medicinal properties and, you know, people that are new to the industry, maybe just think about it as something fun to do on the weekends, but for many, many, many people, um, they got into this industry because they had been ill or a family member, or friend had been ill. And so, There's a lot of activism around the value of the plant and and how it can be used to solve um, problems that have been caused by other drugs like opioids and the like. And then the other piece of it is a substantial awareness around social justice. And the fact that we've put an awful lot of people in jail around this plant and the vast majority of those have been black and brown people and that we now have a chance to take this industry that we're making the rules right now and ensure that we can bring those same people into the industry in positive ways um, and not just make this you know, a, a giant game about like who could get richest and you know, that kind of thing. So that's the other thing about the cannabis industry that I think is really unique um, and and at, at some level, it does pose challenges and, and new rules and, and whatnot. But at a much bigger level, it's um, really thinking about society at, at large. And, and I, it's fun to be in an industry where that's important.
0: Wow. I just want to say bravo. I want to give you a round of applause. I might have to get like a sound effect in here for, for all that. That was wonderful, Liz. Thank you. Along those lines, I'm curious... What advice do you have for aspiring cannabis entrepreneurs or people who want to get involved in the industry in some way or even in advocacy which I will always tell you you have to go there first before you get into the industry so that's my number one piece of cannabis advice for anyone and everyone but I'm wondering Liz do you have any thoughts on you know entrepreneurs investors who are looking to get into the space and, and part two of that is, does that advice change for women?
1: Interesting. Great, great little question on the end there. Um, I think it's for investors versus entrepreneurs. I think there's two different paths. And um, I, I took the path first of an investor and joined ArcView and people who know the industry know Arcview really started out as as kind of a conference-based organization that then started, um, you know, would would feature companies for investors to invest in. And Arcview has two funds, a a larger fund and then a member-managed community-based fund. So I'm a member of that fund along with about 80 other people. And it's been an unbelievable learning experience for me because we're looking at, you know, seed or series A small um, companies, but one could be doing industrial hemp. The next one could be doing technology for cultivators. The next one could be, you know, launching a dispensary in a new market like Massachusetts. Um, Another one could be building a platform for uh, orders and delivery, right? So, I obviously don't have knowledge across all of these industries, but with 80 people and the opportunity to look at this, you get just an incredibly broad look at the industry as a whole. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of joining a, an investment group like that, whether it's ArcView or, or others, uh, you know, there aren't, um, there may be individuals out there doing small groups, but I think the ArcView platform has been really amazing for that. So, I, I recommend that route for people who are really looking to work in the space. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. A couple of people have called me up and they're like, "Should I go get a license?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, um, it's 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 a little complicated." But you know, the the you know that I and I gave them an example of like 280e, and you know, their heads explode, right? It's so so. You know, I think that you know I've mentioned a couple of times that this industry is really touching across you know many 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 other industries and so this one friend who called I was like you know you really know a lot about sales for example find a company where you can bring your sales experience to it to cut your teeth because you know it's it's I never want to discourage someone from launching something or trying something new. But this industry has so many nuances that are really unlike any other industry I've, I've ever seen. Um, and certainly you know that and you've written a whole book on it, right? So, um, but I, I think the, the win here is that those companies are looking for experts in functional areas And you're looking for knowledge in the industry, right? So right now is an amazing time to match that up. And I think there's 36 legal states now. So pretty much unless you're living in, you know, Kansas or I think Idaho, a couple of places that really are clamped down on it, um, you've got amazing opportunities to get in. And with everyone working remote and everything else, it's even more of an opportunity. So I would say if you're brand new to the industry, a good way to get in is to take your current skill set and sell yourself as a valuable asset to the industry, and then you can learn about it, and then you can kind of figure out what the right path might be.
0: I love that advice. That's exactly in line with what I tell people, but but you said it much more intelligently than I usually <laughs> say it. So I'm like, I picked up some good language there. I'm like, all right, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna refer folks to Liz. Do what and, you know. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it's amazing. Today I spoke with someone in Europe who told me because their country is pretty restrictive and what you can do, he's willing to move to the U.S. or to Canada to get into the industry. Which wow. you know, I, I, you know, for years I've met people that were willing to move states, but this was one of the first or maybe the first that I can remember that was like willing to leave their country, go across the world to be able to get into this industry, which I think is phenomenal and, and just just speaks to how passionate a lot of people are about this plant and, and, and also appreciate how unique this opportunity is to, mm-hmm. to be part of such a rapidly growing industry in the early stages still?
1: You know, I read something, I I don't know if it was on Leafly or where, that last year, 2020, there were 320,000 jobs in cannabis. And there's something like 70,000 jobs in coal. So, you know, I mean, people just don't even realize the breadth of opportunity, right? And, And I think the... 77,000 or so were added last year in a pandemic. So imagine when we've got all these states humming and licenses are growing. I mean, the job growth is going to be phenomenal. And and frankly, I think that's why you're getting traditionally more conservative states saying, I need to get on this bus. I mean, there's too much money. There are too many jobs. There's too much opportunity. and the fact that so many people come at this because of illness or you know health reasons or it's like they're realizing it firsthand and then they're jumping in they're like okay you know what this isn't the devil's lettuce as i have been told for the last you know 20 years it's actually an industry a medicine uh, something that i can i can be proud to be involved with right and so i think people on an individual level are waking up to that and then they're seeing the opportunities. And, you know, I mean, that's, that is something that, you know, for us, Good Earth Organics has always been focused historically on, um, you know, people that are really professional cultivators. They're in Southern Oregon and they're growing um, to resell their crops, right? But there's a massive home growing group coming up now, particularly younger people who spent the last year at home gardening During the pandemic, who are like, hey, I can grow four to six plants and I wanna learn about that. And, you know, so we see this huge opportunity to talk to that group. And all of our products are certified organic. Like, we want the inputs to be super healthy. And I think that's another thing that people are much more aware of after a pandemic is like, what am I eating? What am I ingesting? What, you know, where did this come from? And so all those trends are there, which makes it a really fun opportunity um, for us at GEO to, to really think about the growth opportunities. But I think it's, it also speaks to the larger influence that cannabis is having on the market.
0: That was great. You know, I think I had previously overlooked something that, that you pointed out, which I want to emphasize, because I think it's really uplifting to, to really appreciate that more and more people are waking up to how much positive impact cannabis can have and is having on the world. And, you know, I, 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 feel like for me, I sometimes take it for granted because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a true believer on that and, and, and have been for a while, but, you know, it, it, it's so it's sometimes hard for me to remember that some people have never had a cannabis experience, or you know have not discovered that they've been misled for most of their lives about cannabis and the realities of it. And I, I think it's really interesting to to consider that we're probably still in in the early stages of people, of most people, realizing just how powerful this plant is, because. A lot of people are going from like zero to one, but when they get a little more education about all the things you can do with hemp, for example. Oh my gosh, yeah. I think that's that's gonna create even more um regenerative and positive change in in humanity and and that's great. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you, Liz.
1: You know, it's funny. Uh, last night uh, I was on an ArcView call and, and somebody um, showed a photo of Henry Ford taking a hammer to a Ford, you know, when Henry Ford was alive uh, and it was made of hemp and that it's stronger than steel. You know, there's there's so much opportunity in like the industrial health. Like, if we think cannabis is a big industry, Forget it, you know, industrial hemp and and could be just, you know, a hundred times bigger. And the fact that that plant like sequesters carbon, it's good for the soil. It's just like there's so many positives to the planet, to industry, you know, so many things that we're just scratching the surface um, now. And so, yeah, I think this conversation will seem quaint, you know, in a few years.
0: <laughs> wow. Amazing. And... You know, that's one of my favorite fun facts about Henry Ford and the hemp car, which also ran on hemp fuel. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And anyway, Liz, I want to shift to some coaching if you're willing. And what that would be like is just sharing a business challenge or buzzkill that you have. And I'll see if I could help you gain a perspective or some clarity on it.
1: Well, wow, that's 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 so cool. Um, you know, I think probably something that faces not just, you know, good Earth organics, but any company in this industry is. Being able to both capture opportunity and stay, you know, in the moment, right? Like we know what we're really good at and, and there's so much growth and upside in what we're really good at, but there's also a million other opportunities to go after this market or that market or, you know, do other things. And I think early in an industry, that's one of the big challenges is the discipline to focus on the most important things, but not miss the opportunity that's going to be just unbelievable two years down the road, right? And so I think that is, I mean, for me, the the thing that, I really try to get right in my head every day because everything else is just like, there's huge demand, right? Like, it's like, okay, we might have a trucking shortage in Oregon right now, but that's not like, that's up to something I can solve, right? It's just, we need more trucks, but, but we, but this whole idea of like this industry has so much opportunity and and not getting, you know, Finding that right balance, I think, is something that is, for me, what I think about.
0: Yeah, I am probably the wrong guy to ask about that <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I definitely suffer from some opportunity ADD. And I think that, you know, that's also something I, I talk about in the book is, and a lot of the entrepreneurs I've interviewed over the years have agreed that focus is essential And, you know, there's an old saying that I love from my days at the bank, which is concentration will get you rich and diversification will keep you rich. And so I I do think that is is... amazing.
1: I'm (laughs) writing that down. (laughs) Nice.
0: Well, yes, I'm glad I could give you give you something today. You gave me so many nuggets. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's really challenging. And, you know, in fact, I. I, I, it's funny because i asked this question to a previous guest on the show because i i was really in the middle of it myself where i was like oh which way do i go you know i know i can't do all of these things at the same time and succeed at them so which one do i say no to which one do you know and i i hate that stuff it's like um, you know, choosing your favorite strain. How could you choose just How could one? You choose? Right. <laughs> um, and, and what he said to me, which I thought was a great question that he offered, was well, what do you want to be best best in the world at? And I thought, oh, that's a great focusing question there. But you know, the truth is, I, I think this is exactly what you said. This is part of the nature of the beast with cannabis business, is there's always so many new opportunities and new stuff happening. And there's no shortage of great opportunities. That, that's one thing that I, I like to you know, encourage people is like, there's so many good opportunities in this industry, but the hard part is sticking to it long enough and executing and not getting distracted by all the other opportunities that are constantly coming up. And you have to be willing to just get it wrong sometimes. I think that's, that's kind of the the clarity that I came up with is I think what kind of the other danger of that, that coin that I've found is uh, getting stuck in analysis paralysis. And then you're not, you know, you're not taking advantage of any of the opportunities. And so what I, I, I'll bring it home with, I think you have to think long-term in this industry. And if you're playing kind of the long game of, what this is going to look like 10, 20, 50, 100 years from now and the impact that this plant will have. If you 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 just pursue that on a day to day, if you're in a good opportunity, it'll work out. And that's kind of the, the simple story that I've told myself to, to kind of be okay with with that uncertainty. And I don't know if that's helpful at all, but that's what I can share.
1: Concentration, diversification, I love. Um, And I, you know, we really think about like, what can we be the best at, you know, can can we be number one or number two in this or number one, number two in this? And, you know, if if we can't, you know, we don't want to be number five in something that's distracting. Right. And so I think that, concept and and the industry changes so fast with the change of a law. I mean, I think that's the thing that's so unique about the cannabis world compared to, um, you know, the tech world was like had zero encumbrances in terms of, you know, legalization. I mean, um, legislation, right. I mean, now it's like coming around, like maybe there needed to be some legislation, but you know, everyone's talking about that after the fact, whereas we're in the complete opposite end of that we're just like strangled by all this crazy legislation that we're trying to unshackle from all the time and then when something becomes unshackled overnight it's like okay well now we gotta like react to this opportunity so so i do i think that i think that actually is great mantra to keep you know concentrate to get rich diversify to stay rich love it
0: love it I'm gonna add one more counterpoint to this to this question, which is you you do have to be opportunistic and willing to pivot and and sometimes, you know, trust your gut that, hey, maybe I do go and stray from the path that I, I was on because the industry has changed and the opportunity set has changed. and and some things, you know, for example, Uh, I'm hesitant to give the example, but I'll throw it out there, which is, you know, applying for licenses in a limited license state like New York, for example, you know, I I could argue as a once in a lifetime opportunity. And so you might want to prioritize something like that. Whereas, you know, if there's like an ancillary opportunity that, you know, is going to be there every year, you know, there are instances of that, but actually I, I I truly believe that it's less relevant if you're thinking long-term because, you know, there's always going to be good opportunities period. And, and as long as you're able to, to find the right team and execute and stay the course and get a little lucky, you know, you have a chance to win. And so I I don't know, I'm now I'm kind of rambling. So I'm going to pause there. (laughs)
1: I think that's true. And, you know, I think, you know, I've always been at these companies that are quite entrepreneurial and the cutting edge and at the beginning and, you know, the ones that have succeeded have done, you know, they, they've pivoted when they needed to, to, to meet the moment, but they stayed in their lane in terms of what they were really trying to build. Um, And, and I think entrepreneurs in the cannabis industry are among the toughest and craziest because it's like, okay, your rules changed literally overnight for the better or the worse. Like, you just don't know what's going to possibly happen, right? And so to be in this industry, and I think one of the reasons cannabis companies did well as a whole during the pandemic, in addition to the fact that everyone needed to self-medicate for the last year, is um, is that they're so used to, like, Craziness happening in this industry that, like, if they've lasted in this industry for a few years, a pandemic's like, yeah, whatever, we got a pandemic, you know, we'll deal with it, right? So, I do think that the people drawn to this industry now are a different type of person than someone who's going to get into this industry 15 years from now.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) And I was certainly one of those people when this thing started. I was like, all right, so what? I got to work from home. Okay, <laughs> <You know. laughs> I was I stocked up on cannabis and was like, okay, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll you know, sorry. but 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 I do want to respond because I, I actually uh, a few days ago I spoke to this very prolific, successful investor, and you know I asked him about this kind of entrepreneurial commitment and fear type question, and he said. You, you gotta just jump off the deep end and that's it. And, and what, I, what I like to joke for the cannabis industry is you gotta be <laughs> off the deep end to be an <laughs> entrepreneur in this industry because you're signing up for so much chaos and uncertainty and risk and, and, and growth. And you know, just the, the speed of this industry as we've mentioned many times in this conversation is really unlike anything else. And then you throw cannabis into the mix, which may or may not distort people's sense of time sometimes, you know, it, it creates a very unique combination. But, Absolutely. you know, I think it's fun and exciting personally. So, <laughs>
1: yep. You know, and you can make mistakes now too, right? Like you could completely recover now. So it's the time to do it. If, if you're so inclined, it's the time to do it.
0: Awesome. I love that. Liz, thank you so very much for your time today, and for sharing so much insight and your story and experience, and I, I want to invite you to tell the folks where they can go to learn more about Geo and potentially even invest.
1: Terrific! Well, first of all, Mike, it was a pleasure to be here. So thank you so much for that. Um, super fun. And so, GoodEarthOrganics.com is where you can learn about the company, buy the product, um, learn a little bit more about the investment opportunity. And then to do to actually invest, we are on a platform called Seed Invest, S-E-E-D Invest. And so you can go to seedinvest.com slash goodearthorganics and you'll find us directly. We also have links from our website. Um, and in addition to being able to shop on our website, you can also find Good Earth Organics on Amazon and Walmart.com and places like that. So, um, give it a try if you want to grow some amazing tomatoes. I'm putting in quotes. No, it will grow. It will grow great tomatoes as well as great cannabis. Uh, so, if you're inclined to give it a try, I encourage you to, uh, to to pick up a bag.
0: Absolutely. I think I'm gonna have to do that. Uh- Mike Z is high, Mike Z is high, Mike Z is the cannabis business coach. Hi. Mike, Mike Z is high, Mike Z is high, Mike Z is the cannabis business coach.